You were born in El Salvador? Mm-hmm. And then how long were you there for? For 22 years. Until you're 22. For 22 years. Viví allá en El Salvador. This podcast is building to a mixed media performance installation about women's journeys and the real, imagined concepts of the present Pangea. It's produced by Lucille International Theatre Company based in Houston, Texas. The photography in the final exhibition will be featured by Rachel Hawk. The sound design and music is composed by Garrett Gonzalez. And a special thank you to Carol Keating, Debbie Bai, and all of our Kickstarter backers and everyone that has given their support to this project. I'm Melissa Flower. I'm Lisa Villegas. This is Pangea. Mi hermano vino primero. Él me mandó traer. Él estaba aquí. Tenía un año de estar acá. Thanks for tuning into Pangea. This is part one of our two-part interview with Rosa a woman who escaped violence in El Salvador and came to Houston in search of a better life. You will also meet her sister, Emma Linda, and get to know her story. I lived there in El Salvador for 22 years before I came to this country in 88. The audio you are about to hear is an English translation of the original interview, which was conducted in Spanish. You may also hear the original Spanish-language interview, available under our episode feed. When I came, I came here, when my brother was with his godparents, he lived, he lived here and then sent for me to come. And my godmother, she works with the Cam, Campbells. She asked the matron of the house if she knew someone who needed help. She told her that I was on my way and I didn't know anything. And that is how I work here as a housekeeper. But when I came, when my brother sent for me, we hired the man who brought us. A coyote, we call it. So it was really difficult because we were leaving my mother. My dad had already passed. He passed in 85, and we were really poor over there. And since my brother had the opportunity to come here, because he had to have someone here to receive him, he was able to come, and then he sent for me. When we were coming with the man who brought us, there were a lot of us crossing El Salvador in buses. And we arrived in Guatemala, and then Guatemala finishes so that you get to the frontier. Then you pass the river to cross to Mexico. So then you go to the mountains until the rest of the guides meet up with the group. But until then, the same man that brought us from El Salvador, he stayed with us. And he hired people who would help him with the, um, with the transportation, the guides, to where they would drive. And later, like when in Mexico, we also all came by bus until a certain place where you can't keep going the buses. That is when you would start running, and you would throw yourself to the fences, and all of this at night, sometimes then, there weren't lights, or only if the moon was bright, then you can see everything. You had, the ma- you had to pass the mountains, cactus, everything, and you didn't know where you were going. There would be snakes, anything. Wherever you would stand, if there was an abyss, you could hardly see where. You had to jump off fences with desperation to go running running to be able to get shelter and then suddenly we see a light that surrounded us and say ah immigration is going to grab us and with that fear and so but no the man he brought us water brought tortillas whatever he could find cheese and we would hide them in the night we would keep them in no uh no no at night is when 
we would run, that is, when we would go out and in the days when we would hide, we didn't go out. We might walk a bit perhaps, but when we could. Um, we passed the Rio Bravo in inner tubes. They would put like four of us. And whoever knew how to swim would go on swimming and pushing, but with great fear, kind of like, I don't know, nothing, nothing, no flotation device. That's how I crossed it without anything, without protection. And, uh, and we would go on swimming and pushing along the inner tube until they crossed to the other side. And then maybe that's when they begin to run and run, so we pass those fences. When you get to the last crossing, that's when the the man already has someone to bring their car, and that's when they bring you here. That's the end. <laughs> and, and when we finally got here, at that point you're coming by car, the man already knows where to go. That's when the family members begin to pick you up, hand off the money, the rest of the money that remains to be given. That's the end. <laughs> and, and when we finally got here, at that point, you're coming by car. The man already knows where to go. That's when the family members begin to pick you up, hand off the money, the rest of the money that remains to be given. Then they give them to their family members. Uh -huh. It is a great big adventure, yes. When you come, you come, well, there are some that have different experiences. There are some that suffer more and some others suffer less. Because when I came over, you suffer this way, but others suffer in different ways. Thank God that I did not suffer what other people suffer. They are raped, my friend. She came with her clothes, uh, sorry, uh, the word escapes me, um, torn? And then with, um, what the cows have are, uh, uh yes. Yes, it's true. I came here with that. They are ticks. But my brother, when he came, he, well, he suffered a lot because at the time it was raining too much, so much that the rivers would overflow. He tells us that when he crossed Guatemala, the Guatemala River, uh, the crest was a big one. He came with another friend. They didn't bring a coyote. They came on their own account. Uh, this His partner passed him on the on across the river, but because of how the crest is, it, it dragged him. God, for, for Emma, he asked God. He, he asked God to help him. He put a, how do you call it? Like a, a sandbar. But there was a tree there. Uh, you call it a maton, you call it. But a small, small tree. And that's where he held on to. So then when he got out, I think to the other side, is how he tells it? No, he passed, he passed that one. It's like a fountain, let's say, it is it is all water. But there's like a moment that more water comes out even stronger. It is all water, the river, but there's a space where the current is stronger. So he went on swimming, and when he found himself against this strong current, that was when it dragged him. And he pleaded with God at that moment because it kept dragging him. And in that moment, he approached this, this sandbar and the maton tree. And then he held onto that to where he was able to get out a bit more and, and jump. 
grab a bit more to swim in, and then he passed the current, and then he continued until the outlet. And then they would come in the same manner by bus, and when he finally came to a certain place, that is when they grabbed the train. Arriada. Arriada, he says. He mentions that place. Uh, they agreed that if, that if whoever grabbed onto the train, if he got on, to come, and whoever falls, stays. And so that's how it happened. His friend was able to grab the train, as the train doesn't stop. That is, it's moving by continuously. That whoever should hold on. So then the friend was able to keep going, but he was left alone. That is, he was able to keep going in that aspect. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. The train passes, so then they have to be ready for... To hold on. To hold on. So then in that moment, the two of them launch themselves to grab it. And my brother comes, and he wasn't able to get a good grip. He had to throw himself off and lay there, thinking between the tracks of the train, the danger, where they were, and thanks to God that he pushed him, that is... From the force itself, he fell, but not on the tracks. Thank God. So then he was well. In one case, one, if if one of them, if one of the two of them didn't hold on well to the train, at a certain place that is called um, Talwar, and uh, we, we reunite there, we meet, and that is how it went. My brother stayed, only they then had to wait another night for the train to pass, without eating without drinking the heat and the cold no there wasn't cold yes because it was november it it wasn't september uh september so then he waits for it and he says today is the day first i'm going to suss it out well and then from that hold on to the train well and thank god that it happened like this and He said, I'm going to do like this, and he got a good grip, and that was when he was able to place himself, and then he rode until he had agreed to meet with his friend, where, thank God, and then also my siblings, the person that they hired, it hurts because I miss my sister, and and I didn't suffer. It was only at the last stall where I suffered. Because for me, everything was by bus, in private cars of those we were guiding. Private cars. Thank God only at the last stall there was where they brought me some shoes. And I told them my sneaker size, and they didn't find it. They bought me size six and a half. I don't know if I was six and a half or seven. And and then this certain place from so much walking, my shoes were so tight from my foot from so much walking and because it was my exact size it was too exact so then this little finger from this from my left foot I couldn't bear it so one moment when we were resting I wanted to take off my shoes and so I took them off and then to put them back on since we were heading back to keep walking oh I didn't want to I wanted to walk around without the shoe, so I took it out and I walked this way, like a flip-flop, like a sandal. <laughs> so then, and I saw that, no, no, it wasn't working. I had to continue, and so, so I put it on again. And time enough, I said that I did not want to stay. 
because I always walked to the side of the guide. And the rest of those who were in the group, we came with two women, one about my age in the group. They were surprised. Huh, so skinny. Look how she walks with a limp, they said. I thought she was going to stay behind. (laughs) And I said, thanks. Hmm, this is God. So then, um, I asked a man that came with us to give me some medicine because this part of my foot here hurt. This part right here? Yes, the muscle, like, next to the foot. And I said, oh, now I was trailing a bit behind. Not so much, but a little bit, like, about the distance from there, from about that to me. And I said, no, God... They are going to have to carry me, or they are going to have to leave me tossed aside here. I don't know. Lost here? And I asked him, Give me strength. And I asked that man that had the medicine in his bag and his coat. (sighs) So then I said, All right, and I wish to have a way to cut the shoe at the front, at the seam. To make a hole in it. To make a hole so that one of my toes could, could escape to be able to go on. So then there was a moment where I couldn't do it anymore, and I said, Sir, give me strength. I don't want to stay behind, because they say that those that stay, stay. And I came with my dragged foot, dragged like this, until we rested that night. That helped me. Some rest. Then I continued, but I threw away my socks because they were very large socks. (laughs) I didn't want them anymore as the shoes then fit too tight and I threw them away, the socks. Later, the moment to cross through these shelters, they call it. It's a delicate thing because there are a lot of dogs in the surroundings and those dogs alert... Immigration. (sighs) Immigration. And he said, hmm... We are going to have to wait. And so then we waited because then we bypassed it a bit, more towards another place to cross it. And that's how it went. Thank God that the guide, very intelligent, excellent, I admire him. Because in that space, there are many paths. Like, then to orient yourself, which path takes you where you want. And... That is what I analyzed. A lot of options. Yeah, and I said, "Mm, this is not just for anyone. So then, and I said, but they're going to get us. When we did finally leave to a certain place, and then afterwards he said, let's keep going. And they brought food, canned goods. We're going to eat under one of those bushes, like one of those small ones, not too tall, thank God. As we were reaching it, all of us there, and a plane, the plane, controlling, and we gave thanks to God. (sighs) So then we got out of there, and then we continued. We kept on, kept on, kept on going until we reached the place to where they were coming to bring you. But my feet were so tired, they couldn't bear it. And someone said, from here, someone is going to come to pick us up. Let's jump the fence. And thank God that, because we come from the countryside. <laughs> Agility. We are very agile. And the partner that came with me, she said, Ah, you are like a little deer. <laughs> yeah. When we passed, <laughs> sorry, 
when we crossed the river, there were a lot of um, tunas, mm-hmm. like cactus. And a few fell on, on me here. And in that moment, I said to get them out of my pants. And oh, it hurt. But I said, if I leave them there, this is going to be worse. Because I already had one once playing those eh, little girls games. As a little girl, we had a cacti and we would eat the, the, the fruit because we'd been digging in the earth to build a little house to play with. One of its prickly needles, its spines, pierced me. And that spine got so inflamed. And later, when they took me to the hospital, it was no longer like this. It was like that, in that direction. So they had to operate. So then I said, mm-mm. These spines are very bad. What pain. But well, I continue. And then the other woman got pricked a lot from, and and that tall that she was, well, no, very strong. She looked uh, plump, not too much, but not like me. So then, and she tells me, the woman says, look at who I was worried about. Everyone is fine, all but you. I didn't imagine I would get this way. Go on, keep going. And on the way to cross, like I had already told you, my feet, they couldn't take it. And they already were staying behind. I cried and cried and I said, I can't take this, I am staying. And he said, my guide said, your friend is going to stay behind and the wolves are going to eat her. And I say, oh! The wolves are going to eat you, and I can't, and cry and cry and cry and tell them to wait, give me more time. And he said, nope, he says, our time is now. And look, she is coming. And when, uh, in the moment for us to pass, when he said he would get the car for us, I didn't keep my shoes, I took them off. And then the launching off for us to leave that I didn't notice, I fell into some spines, my foot, and I said, oh, it would have been better if I had kept them on, or for in that sole moment, oh, it was horrible. And so then like this, we continued this way. We came, all of us, in the back of the car, flat-like, so as not to be seen, and me in this part, others there. They didn't see me because all skinny and that, and so then we reached the place, and no more got to the place where they have chosen. Then, thank God that the female guide came for, for each one of us. They, then they came for me. And then they handed me off to my family. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> we found each other. Yes. So then the guide gave thanks to God because he said that once we were coming, once we'd already been walking a lot, very pretty, the path under a full moon, Mm, a full moon. And I have given things to God because in this way you can advance. You can see that there isn't like, my sister says, how to flee to a swamp or snakes coming out. I don't know, but thank God, good. And the guide was tired and he said, Who wants to rub my feet? I am tired. I said, hmm, if I do it, he is going to think that on my part later on, that is some kind of interest. And I said, "Hmm, no. (laughs) And I told my friend, and are you going to do it? And she says, no. And I said, God 
You are the guide, dear God. For me, you and this man have presented yourself and you keep on presenting yourself, manifesting yourself. This guide, this is you. Mm. I am going to rub that man's feet, that young man, because he was young. (laughs) And so there I went and I told him, I do the massage. How do you want it? Ah, you are going to do it. Yes. Okay. And I go to do it and he says, oh, you know what you're doing. I says, I don't have experience, but my intelligence shows me how to do it. And always, whenever I do it to a lady friend of my mom's, she is sick. I do it and she tells me, ah, you do this very well. And I said, or the same, the same response. Okay. Thanks, he says. There, a little later down another path, same night, and it was two nights, he said, Who wants to do this for me again? Now, he didn't say, come here. Now, once again, I said, no, I am not going to do it. And my friend says to me, don't do it, my friend says. And I said, "Uh, yes, and I did do it newly. And he says, you are going to see the glory ahead. What glory are you speaking of? Well, that is how it went. (laughs) And we kept walking and we're crossing that road. And he says that this is where the immigration cars pass frequently. And we waited. There we were on the floor, lying down. Oh, resting. It felt so good to rest. When I feel that he gets close to me like this on me and he puts his feet over my feet not aggressive I slip out my my feet I took them out like like this and he looks at me okay (laughs) we cross and he says this is the moment let's go right now we cross the road because it is it is this paved road to cross like one says another person's territory and we crossed we came me always at his heels at his side and he would be surprised that it was always at his side because the woman told me never to separate myself from his side wherever he goes there try not to lag behind or or walk ahead at his side and that is what I was thinking well when you pass a uh, what is it called like little hills that surround the 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 that you stuck little sticks to the big sticks um like branches so then on his own he passed the branch and there comes the other branch well he took another step forward and because i was so close by it hit me (laughs) and later on he says that he was going when he raised his foot here like this with the foot he hit me Mm, that is the glory he spoke of (laughs) Oh, some glory. Woo! So then we continue, thank God, and he says, Stay here, because here it is very dangerous. And he gets a closer... He gets closer to get a look. Mm-mm. There are the cars. Mm-mm. There they are. Look, let's go. And, and we went around it. If he didn't have the idea to go look on his own there, we fall to immigration. We got around it. We got out well. And thank God, here I am. 
We decided to send for my sister to bring her here. And well, my mom, she knew nothing. That while my sister was on her way and all of us were making secrets, everything hidden from my mom while she was here. But we knew that when my mom went back, because my mom doesn't like living here, she was going to go back all on her own there. She doesn't have nephews, doesn't have siblings. She doesn't have anyone living in this house there by herself. And we thought about that. It was so deeply painful for my mom and for her, their separation from each other, and my mom lives alone, alone with God. It was such a hard decision for them and for us too. But we saw a future for her, because over there, there was no future for her, because she had prepared there. But with the situation and how it is right now, here, we are free. There, it is very dangerous. There, in our country. She wanted to leave. I wanted to leave. (laughs) Because I miss my mom too much. Too much. So much. Zenobia wrote me a letter. She told me. And I have it over there. My sister, she tells me, If you go, we will only help out mom, not you. Only our mom will have her food and her medicine. You will have to see how you do for yourself there in El Salvador. Go find work. I looked for work already. Who says I didn't? And not in what I, what I, I studied. I go place to place looking for work. Probably not in what I studied, but I know that I will find work. But I'm not going to make a scene. I know how to leave. The story of my sister, Zenobia, of her coming here is different, too. She got lost. Um, she, she came in a group, well, you know, with, with a family. A, a family was sending for her. She came because of the war. They left, uh, fleeing. Because of that, we also had to leave where we lived. We went to another place in the city in an apartment. Getting there, the guerrilleros come to make disaster, what with their machine guns and the horrible, 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 leaving, fleeing from there, fleeing somewhere else. And then comes this family that says, they already have children here. They were about six in total. And they say, no, we are not going to send for... And and we noticed, and and Zenobia would notice that Mama Tomasa is leaving. I say Mama Tomasa because my mom... When she gave light to Zenobia, these women were friends. Um, So that then Mama Tomasa, when she came with all of her children, because she said, no, I am not going to stay here and bear this war anymore. Everything. Ugh. Horrible. And Zenobia notices this. She was studying in um, 12th, finishing the 12th grade. And I was too. So then she tells me, fixing her pants, making them look really nice. And so now my sister, the two of us remained in this room in a house they had rented to us to live. So then I see her very rushed in a hurry, and she tells me, Are you going? Zenobia says, Yes. Hmm. I don't want to go. I don't feel like going. She says, No. Well, I do. I want to go. Today, my mamá Tomasa is leaving with everyone because they are going with a family they know. And I was working and studying at the time in a grocery. So then, 
I didn't go drop her off to where the family was gathering to then leave because I had to work. At work, I was crying and working, and they tell me, What's wrong? Uh, it's that my sister left for the United States, and I miss her. I am left alone. And I don't know. On the way there, thank God my other two siblings were already here, and thank God they are all right. They did nothing to them, and they are fine. I think of Synovia. Oh, and I cry and cry and cry. And nothing more on the sly. My tears rolled down, and I would dry them. And with this feeling that... Oh, I didn't drop her off. Only my mom. She comes, and I say, Zenobia, are you going without telling our mom? Well, of course. I am going to tell her she is coming, but I am leaving. And if you don't see her before, what will you say? No, I am leaving no matter what. The thing is, I want to leave. And so she told her. That's how it went. With the women who came to the city to do their market shopping, she sent word. The good thing is that this woman didn't forget. She hurried on and says, Trinidad, Zenobia says to come that she wants to see you, and she says to go soon. However, she could go, and so my mom went and to give her the news. Mama, I am leaving now, Zenobia says to my mom. What? I am leaving right now. With who? With my mamá Tomasa. Child, are you certain that you want to leave? Yes. Have you already spoken to your siblings about this? Yes. Will they help you? Yes. Okay. May God bless you now. And she blessed her. And she came, and when she was on her way, she says that If anything is needed, you will help me. And she found, I don't remember if it was that she, as she passed the river or before passing the river, that immigration spotted them. So they split up. The group split up. They had passed the river. Okay, so each of them on their own path, because I didn't, uh, five years, six years, that boy that accompanied her, well, the, the two of them stayed behind and he told her, the others, they just, they separated, and when he says, immigration is here, she thought to throw herself on the ground and covered herself with leaves. The, the boy, too, the little boy covered himself with leaves. Because this was in December, because of how there are a lot of leaves there? And in that moment, she says she heard that they spoke English, the people from immigration, blah, 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 blah. Don't speak. She already told the boy that, don't speak. And when she stopped hearing their, their chatter, they brushed the leaves off and went to look. They weren't there anymore. Oh, they had gone. Immigration. They didn't know where to take off, what path, where to cross. I mean, where to go. And the others, she didn't see them. And she said, dear God, what do I do here? If I take off this way, will I be lost? Well, I'm going to go on. God directed her, and she took the boy with her to a certain place she found with the others from Mama Tomasa's group, and they, uh... She heard them shouting. That Mama Tomasa, yeah, she heard them shouting, and that is how they were able to find each other. Uh-huh, signals. They would talk. Zenobia, Andres. Uh-huh, 
Zenobia, Andres. They answered them. So much that they were able to hear and they reunited. They reunited. Yeah, they reunited. They found each other. They did reunite again. And from there, then, they went to find her. Uh-huh. And so the car came then. And then it came, the car, to where it was to bring them. And so then we picked them up. Or did they come in? Oh, no. How was it called? No, no, no. They didn't arrive here. They didn't pass through Laredo. They came by a plane. And at the airport is where we did go to pick them up. Mama Tomasa's children were picked up, and then she delivered them here. Uh-huh, that's how it went. Mm-hmm. So, wow. quite the story. Mm-hmm. And where is she now? With God. Thank you for listening to Pangea. Join us next week as we continue our chat with Rosa and Emelinda.